This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to Advanced Base Camp. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and this is episode 20. Can you believe it, Steve? It's 20. What does that mean? 20. 20 podcasts. And I hope you've got a gift for me, because I've got a very special gift for you. 20 is our 20th podcast anniversary, and it's for China. So I've got a China replica just for you that's coming to Oklahoma next week. Whereas Americans are meant to buy platinum, so I hope you've got a really expensive gift for me as well. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> so you've researched this, obviously. The, is, the UK has a different set yes. of gifts yes. than the Ameri- Americans. Ours is China. I've got right. China for you, and you've got a platinum, something very expensive for me. <laughs> platinum. Now, I don't think most Americans know what platinum really is. So we'll, I'll come up with something shiny. That looks As opposed like to alum- aluminum or whatever else <laughs> one you say without an extra N in. Yes, <laughs> aluminum and platinum are the same things, I believe. They okay. come from the same. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I'm, I'm back. Um, for those listening, Steve and I had the privilege of being together last week. I was in London uh, for a week for um, a little bit of vacation, a little bit of X-Core. We finished our fourth X-Core London retreat, that was a blast. Great to be around our UK giants, to be around a lot of our clients in the UK, and, and then obviously with the Cochrane family. Um, was it as good to have us there as it was for me? It to is. Be- <laughs> it is always, always wonderful, Jeremy. I still feel a little bit over the top when I roll out the red carpet at the bottom of the plane steps when you kiss the tarmac when you arrive at Heathrow. But um, To have the, to know, have the queen... Um, actually, to have her there was impressive. So that was really nice. When she realized you were coming, it was the least she could do. So, you know, there we go. Hey, by the way, um, our, my kids and my wife, um, who were on this trip with us, they saw the queen. I mean, that's how many people, they literally, there she is. They took pictures of her. She's driving right by them. Yeah. There are actually lots of replica queens in England that we kind of position. <laughs> It's a bit like Saddam Hussein in the Iraqi days. There's lots of queens because, you know, as long as you see one, it's great for tourism. So, you know, they go in and out of Buckingham Palace on the hour. What a great idea. Seriously. Like, as long as there's not two queens at once, as long as it's just one queen, you you know, they don't meet at the intersection. (laughs) Hey, I do want to... I I do want to bring up a couple of nuances that were just fascinating. Um, I, you know, it's been a while since I've driven uh, because lately you pick me up every time. So to drive again was really really fun. Um, so but we were driving just just so funny. We were driving down the highway and there was this really really um, wide load. It was like some big uh, equipment and it was really on on the highway. And in America we would simply have a sign that send that says. Um, wide load, and that was it. Just wide load. Yeah, uh, in in uh, London or in, in England, they had this sign. It just said exceptionally large. And I oh, thought quite right too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right. But I thought how I mean, it just you took wide load and made it more posh. It's really just exceptionally large, 
versus wide load. I think you find I think you find that we started the language and you made it more vulgar would be the best description <laughs> of it. Anyway, it was it was funny. We kept running into those kinds of signs and it just we forgot about the words bits and bops and and all the little <laughs> language that the UK uses that we don't use in the States. My favorite one is the way you say human. Would you say human for our guests? Uh, human. That's very good. You cheated. Yeah. That's what I say. You usually, you usually don't pronounce the huh. Human. Human. Human versus yeah. cumin. It's the same yeah. with herbs and spices. You're right. Herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we limit yeah, the age. That's fascinating. Well, um, anyway, good. We right. better get on and that's Half a million people have already have dropped off this podcast, Jeremy, on the grounds that we're meant to be far more interesting and relevant than us pontificating about cultural language. But <laughs> the other three and a half million are still with us, so why don't you just carry on and tell us what we're going to look at today? Well, today we're going to serve people with a concept that is so true. Everything we do, you all that are listening, um, we, we basically, Steve and I just uh, uh, learn about ourselves and we kind of observe ourselves and then we come up with ideas going, Hey, if we deal with this, surely everyone else does too. Well, there's a concept that I want to talk about today. It's called, um, it's really the idea of trading up and it's, it's the concept of, of in input and outflow. So, uh, you, some that have been listening and, and for a while know that Steve and I have been kind of playing with, uh, exercise and food plans and things that, that we're eating or not eating. And, and so that's obviously when most people think of input, they can think of what you eat is directly proportionate to, to your outflow. So if I downed um, a dozen Twinkies or um, you know some, some really unhealthy uh, candy bars constantly, that will affect my body long term in a certain way. So we, we get that. But what we want to do is we want to take that further and deeper to start thinking about the things in your world, the things that you do that impact your uh, your your mind, your heart, your soul, and your body. So it's physical, it's mental, emotional, uh, spiritual. It's all of those things. The whole person. What is the input that hap- that's in your life, and what are you doing? What are the tendencies and patterns that continue to, to occur that cause actions that might have negative consequences in your life? And if you could actually trade up, what would the trade up be to something better than what you were doing? So what, what you might be doing is not horrible, but if you trade it up to a, a higher level of whether food or what you listen to, what you watch, who you're around, uh, what actions you do, they'll have better consequences and shape your reality so much better. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want an example? Yes, please. So, um, at the end of a, a long week, and obviously when you're over, it gets longer, but the <laughs> idea being on the, on the Saturday, I was all set to think, exhausted, do I sit and watch the England rugby game against Ireland? Which, um, so, I could either sit on my backside on the sofa and cheer and throw things, or I knew I was going to watch the rugby because I love that stuff, and I decided I'm going to trade up because what I did was I went to the gym and I basically realized if I'm watching a game I'm passionate about, even though I annoy everyone else in the entire gym, cheering, jumping, swearing, and all kinds of things like that, I actually did two hours exercise watching exactly the same sport I would have watched had I sat on the sofa for two hours drinking beer. So 
there you go. That was my that was my trade up. Knowing we we're going to talk about it today, I thought I better have at least one story that made me look slightly virtuous before I talk about the other areas we struggle in. <laughs> Perfect example. So the the concept comes back to intentional versus accidental. So. Uh, and that's hopefully those who are listening, we're trying to do a couple of things. One, we want everyone to be a liberator. To live as a liberator means to fight for the highest possible good in the lives of those you lead. We're being intentional about that for other people. But also we want you to be intentional versus accidental in just your own living, the way you think about yourself. So, um, so accidental is where most people spend most of their time. Most uh, parenting is accidental. You probably heard us, most leadership is accidental. Uh, most living is accidental. You just kind of wake up and do your own thing. And it's so funny because I even got um, stuck into it. I'm at the airplane, on an airplane, and I'm watching people jump into their apps and their games on their apps. And I, part of me goes, what a waste of time, seriously? And I got hooked on one app for my kids, and I played <laughs> it the entire way home. But still, um, to go, there's certain things that, again, we're not, we're not moral police, or we're not saying, hey, that's bad to play an app or a game on your phone, or it's bad to sit on the couch and watch a football match or a, a rugby or a March Madness. That's, that, that, those aren't bad things, but to, to your point, Steve, it's like, hey, be more strategic. What would a trade-up be? What would be the intentional? So if you think about every single part of your life, and you, you put the five gears into the equation too, you think about your morning routine. Is there, what's the trade-up? If you're intentional to go, what would a better way? I can either, I can look at the, my email first thing in the morning, like we, we always try to teach people not to, um, and I can trade up to something inspirational. Um, that's what, an example. Well, what would that be for, for each person? And then what would uh, breakfast look like, uh, food intake? What would the trade up be? And what would my drive time look like? What would a trade-up be? Do I listen to a podcast or do I listen to sports radio? And, and as you go throughout the day, you do a trade-up strategy. And you basically figure out how to trade up. And when you do that, to a certain degree, it will start affecting your outflow. So um, can you give us an, an example of what that might look like, Steve, from the Five Gears perspective or any, any other tie-ins? Yeah, I mean, I think the one that came to mind when you said it is Helen and I are very different in the sense of I'm a morning person and Helen's not. Um, and for years, I, you know, we, we've wrestled with how do we do anything together sort of to get us aligned at the start of the day and do some of that second gear time. So one of the things we found is we have this incredible kind of um, invention by Helen's bed. You press a button and you get a boiling hot cup of tea in 30 seconds. And what we found is that basically together, we'll often sit there with our cup of tea at the start of the day and we'll listen to um, a devotional together. So, you know, just some thoughts for the day, a little bit of the scriptures, um, using Nicky Gumbel's kind of uh, Bible in a year. And just for Helen and I, we don't, it's not hugely deep. We listen, we just ask, you know, what struck you this morning? But it was that intentionality for us of saying, how do we share something of the beginning of our day um, in the old days, I used to kind of get up at five and try and do as much work as possible. Almost just that realization that sometimes actually that's caused Helen and I uh, to actually connect more because we're sharing that experience at the start of our day. So that would be an example I said where I've kind of traded down the amount of work I'm doing because if I'm up and about, you know me from Headser, once I'm in fourth gear and working, it's quite hard to get me back out. So almost taking the intentional trade up to say, actually for the good of the whole day, 
why don't I sleep a little bit longer and why don't actually I try and start the day with Helen and the kids rather than pride myself on already being at work when they wake up. So that would be one example that you modeled for me. Well, I think I think the uh, the concept of getting people to liberation is is really freeing people. So what we're trying to do here is we're trying to, to provoke you, the listener, mm-hmm. to think differently. So uh, most people think, you know, well, I can get so much more done. Mm-hmm. And what we've realized is the um, transaction of getting things done can often impact the relationships in your life to a negative degree, which can actually undermine your influence and cause you more pain long-term, more issues long-term. Mm-hmm. So as we provoke you into the concept of trading up, not only, let's, so let's, think, let's talk about input for a minute. Uh, if, if I put, we've decided to get back on the wagon uh, from what we're eating, and I know you've been eating really well here lately and losing some, some LBs, um, good job. Uh, were you down 180 pounds? Um, is that right? I'm joking. <laughs> I, I, have to, I now have to run around in the shower between the jets to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you have, you looked really good, I must say, oh. and you know, you, you're, you're losing some, some pounds. That's yeah. great. Um, but there's a direct correlation to what you put in your body to what, what happens, but it also, that affects you mentally, right? Mm. How, do, how does your how does your uh, weight loss and healthy eating how is that affecting your mindset right now as an example? Gosh, I feel like I'm on your couch now. Um, I think the interesting thing for me was that we uh, indirect effort, which was um, often say to people, the things you struggle most with don't start with those. Start with something that you can actually win with. But I think for me the the, the weight issue has always been a challenge because in some ways if you were an elite athlete like I was as a young man you ate whatever you wanted and it didn't matter and because I have this incredible love of celebration and food and drink is part of that the realization that I don't do the exercise I did my metabolism was not as good as it was and you can't eat out 10-12 meals a week and just eat whatever you want when you feel like it so I think for me Jez it was the it was, it was going after the hardest thing for me to deal with and actually working out how, knowing myself, how could I win. So um, Kevin Swan, who, who's helped me with this, the way I'm wired is if you tell me I can't have something and I can't ever have it again, I'd really struggle with it because it feels too oppressive. Where in this diet, actually, basically every Saturday, I get to eat whatever I want. It's incredible. You can eat as much as you, it's positively encouraged. So for me, it actually gave me a structure in which there was some freedom. And so therefore for me, knowing myself, knowing my tendency, knowing my pattern, I'm like now, I started this on February the 1st. So this is not a diet, it's a lifestyle choice. (laughs) I'm going, I can do this one. Um, And I think, you know, I lost about 14 pounds so far and my wife's very proud of me and you know, it's actually having good consequences. I think the biggest one is in the mindset of me going, this is an area I thought I was gradually losing this battle and I didn't know how to deal with it. And somebody basically gave me a code. It's not just, you know, how much exercise you do. It's actually the combination of what you're putting into your body. So I'm much more intentional and limited in what I eat, but I have my Saturday when I'm positively encouraged to be my ENTP creative best. So if you look at what I ate on Saturday, I had, um, you know, for breakfast, I had toast with butter and jam. 
I had hot chocolate with a dunked in chocolate croissant. I had burgers and fries for lunch. I had ice cream Sundays for afternoon. I had a pizza in the evening and a curry to finish it all off. A couple of beers and a couple of glasses of wine. And on this diet, that is positively encouraged. <laughs> and I think it's incredible. So there you go. Um, well, I, uh, to all the nutritionists who are <laughs> listening to this, and to to your fatter day, is that what you call it? I think you fatter call it day. fatter day. Yeah, absolutely. But my my point in asking about it is simply the uh, the concept of how it's affected you. So the the yeah. consequences from your body, from your weight, yeah. but also your mindset, input and outflow are directly related, and they're directly related to trading up. So for me, my examples are actually my morning and my inspiration. What I've noticed here lately is since January, I, my fourth gear, which is in the five gears, that would be task mode. My fourth gear has gone up dramatically and I'm spending a lot more time on a lot more different things. And so I'm finding myself in the evenings with my computer open too long. I'm finding myself in the morning having zero inspirational kind of motivational time getting myself ready and I'm jumping right into work. So what happens for me is that's input, meaning that I've got so much work inflow that it's actually kind of killing the joy. And I noticed it by the end of February, like something's not right here. And I look back at my schedule in January and February, we're very busy with lots of new and lots of work and lots of responsibility. And for me, I have to be inspired. So that would be, as you mentioned, it'd be like devotionals. It would be uh, biographies and reading. It would be uh, writing for, as actually writing stories. And I noticed I've not been writing much. I've not been reading much. And I've filled all those with just work and task. So that input is not necessarily bad, but what it does long-term is it actually kills my soul. It kills the 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 flame, the fire of what I'm really made to be as a, as a connector creative. So that's an opportunity for me to trade up. So on this trip, I just got back. I decided, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to tie that because that's directly related. How I eat, I feel better. And I'm also going to focus on my input in the morning. What do I listen to? And I'm going to trade up. So I'm trading up in what I'm reading. I'm trading up in what I'm listening to because people become the conversations of those around them. People become the conversations of, well, it's basically people become their input of what's happening in the input. And I've just decided to be intentional because I've woken up realizing I've gotten accidental over the last 60 days. So I put a fast, hard deadline of May 20th going over the next 60 days, I'm gonna do a trade up plan and I'm gonna be very, very intentional to, to get to that next level. You're about to say? No, I love it. I think that some of you listening are incredibly organized, structured, systematic, and you live with plans. And in some ways, I know because you tell me, you listen to Jeremy and I sort of wrestling with our own tendencies and struggles to inconsistency and oscillations between new things. But each of us has different challenges. And I think what you're hearing with Jeremy and I is this constant tension of those of us who like freedom, who who kind of like keeping options open for as long as possible, we have to be really intentional. Because if we're not, I don't know about you, my default is I trade down, not trade up. So I wish my default tendency was if I don't try or I don't concentrate, that all of a sudden I make better choices. But for me, and I think what you're saying there is, my neutral 
tends to drift towards wasting time. Not necessarily in bad things, but I'll tend to get addicted to a Netflix series or a sports week, you know. So none of it's bad, but the difference is it's not the best. And I think every one of you who listens, if you're honest and you kind of look in the mirror and go, okay, well, what do I, what, where do I go when I'm feeling sorry for myself, when I'm a bit worn out, I'm a bit worn down? What are my tendencies and patterns? And that's the thing we're talking about is saying, can you take a couple of those and say, not they're wrong, but what would to trade up look like? We're constantly doing it with, I do it with the kids a lot, you know, um, to say, okay, if you're going to watch X number of hours or whatever it may be, or play on the iPad, what would it look like to make half of it educational and enriching? Not, not play at all, but what would it be like to trade up some of that time? Or, you know, how are you using the, the gift that life is? Because... None of us actually know how many days that we, we actually have to live and you know, we're getting hopefully towards the middle of, of life. I think just that focus of thinking, have I used the gift that today was to the best of my ability? So, so take one idea for those listening would be doing an input inventory to think about everything that you tend to input. So again, what does breakfast look like? What foods are you eating? That's input. Uh, what are you listening to in the car? Typically, that's input. Uh, wh- what do you, um, ag- again, you can go from food, you can go from um, wh- what you listen to, what you watch, uh, as Steve was mentioning, and take the entire calendar of your day and write those inputs of what you normally do. Who do you spend time around? And uh, that's going to sound funny, trading up friends. But the idea of trading up, um, because if we become what we put in our bodies, if we become those around us, like those around us, then we want to be very careful. So then you look at what your trade-up plan would be next to it. In some cases, many of you are like, hey, I, I, I eat well, I've got the right amount. Okay, great. Well, how intentional are you? And is there a better, like Steve was mentioning, a better way to spend time with your kids? Is there a better way, maybe instead of watching TV, go put on the treadmill? Those are the types of things, by doing that consistently, then you're going to see results and you're going to be really, really grateful for the small little things that you've done to trade up along the way. I've got one more that, that might be really useful for some. For those of you who spend a lot of your time at your desks um, and don't do as many steps as you want, I, I basically have one hour a day where I make my calls walking. So I found that basically I have exactly the same calls and conversation but I usually will walk into Gerald's Cross. I now walk past Costa where I used to have my hot chocolate, which is a real dying moment. But by the time I've had three or four conversations with the team and I've got back, I've usually done 10,000 steps for the day and I haven't actually changed any of the activity that I would have been doing. So there's another, you know, just that the rhythmic pattern of going, I'm gonna go out and walk now rather than just sit at the desk and have the conversation. So these are just practical things we've worked out and I'm sure you know, you'll come up with your own as well, but hopefully this prompts some thinking and some self-reflection. And let's go through one last one. We're going to go deeper now, and let's weave in kryptonite into this, Steve. So if you think about people's kryptonite, uh, is there something in someone's life, and this is not even tied to personality. This could be, could be, but it, it could simply be, is there something in your life um, that is actually um, trading down, and you've been trading down so long that you've allowed it into your world. So here's what I mean. Now we get into things that are vices. So if we're talking about input, this is such toxic input that it's creating a cancer. So um, 
yeah, there, smoking is 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 obviously a habit, and it is one that has natural consequences. Alcohol, it has uh, negative consequences, and everyone knows that, right? Everyone knows that abusing uh, alcohol, smoking, those are bad for you, unless people have so rationalized it. Uh, but but those are vices. Then you get into things like pornography. Then you get into other topics that actually come in, and what they do is they actually kill the soul. They blunt the mind, they hurt the body, and it causes people to be unfruitful so that their lens is actually, they're basically, their senses get seared. So everything that they see so becomes accidental, right? So it's harder to be a parent, a good parent. It's harder to be a good spouse. It's harder to view yourself appropriately. So that's a whole nother level of input uh, and outflow and trading up is even more difficult if that is a habit that you've gotten yourself into. Any thoughts and, uh, on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't me who came up with it, but I don't know their name. They said, um, "What is the difference between your public self and your private self?" And if somebody met them both, would they recognize them as being connected? And so therefore, you know, the, the, the wall of self-preservation, which we talked about before, what are you trying to hide? What are you trying to prove? What are you afraid of losing? Most people have things that they're ashamed of. Um, most people, in my experience, have things in the past they wish they hadn't done. And often what I, I observe is, it's when people deal with shame or that sense of fear of being discovered, it means that they close down and they're not as open to other people and they're not as able to freely give of what they've got. So in the sense of, you can usually tell the people who are truly alive because they, they're giving out of the abundance of the life that they have, the overflow of their life. The people who are sometimes worried they might be discovered, there's shame in their lives for the things you've just described, that actually what they do by hiding it, what that means is you end up hiding away. So that's something which in some ways, the longer it goes on, the harder it gets to deal with. Um, but there is always liberation. And I always say to people is, find someone you trust. I mean, you know, we have people in our lives who pretty much know everything there is to know about us. Um, and sometimes just that ability to be able to talk with someone where you know it's not gonna go anywhere and go, hey, here's what I'm struggling with right now. Because my, and letting them hear it and being accountable for it and trading up and trying not to allow those kind of, you know, those hidden vices, those hidden things that really uh, rob us of life and rob us often of the opportunity to to live a life that we want others to imitate that's the issue that public self private self is often a really good question I often ask if my private self met my public self would people see a huge difference so as we share these with you all um, these ideas and concepts our intent is to liberate you, to help you, to serve you, to give you concepts and ideas and, and things that you may not have thought of before so that you're living life the way that you wanted to live it. Um, we believe that liberation is a lifestyle. It's not just a concept around le leadership, but to truly liberate means that we, we learn how to fight for our own highest possible good. So that's really what we're talking about here. Can you fight for your own highest possible good and what you eat, your input, uh, what you listen to, what you watch, uh, who you're around, because all of those things affect the heart, the mind, the soul, 
they affect our spirit, they affect the way that we live our life, and uh, if you want to be the most influential person you can be, then you have to consistently trade up to a higher level uh, so that the um, lesser things don't come in and make you mediocre. And uh, so that's our, our goal, and that's what we're working on constantly as well. Just thought we'd pass that idea off to you. Steve, do you have any last thoughts, any, any last um, uh, pieces of wisdom or British words to share? Something, I don't know. <laughs> uh, usually, well, I think all I'd say is, like you just said there, I find this stuff incredibly challenging. We don't share this as people that have got it sorted. We, we actually commit in many ways to live our lives before each other and others in our kind of giant world because we, we want the best for each other, but we actually are prepared to own where our weakness is so i think if you don't have someone that you're able to be real with or someone that actually asks the real questions that would be my challenge to trade up because having a friend having someone who knows you still loves you and is committed to helping you you know and speak the truth in love when they see those negative patterns and tendencies personally i found that incredibly liberating even if at times um it's not always easy but that's a big trade up and that would be my kind of final challenge for everyone today. Find someone who will do that for you. It does make a huge difference. It's great. To everyone listening, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you sharing the Liberator podcast with other people. Uh, we know there's been a lot of, of encouragement that we've received and from, from comments from you all. So uh, we wish you the best and uh, have a great week. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.